how do we meet fishermen where they're at in a way that is sort of understandable and accessible to them. And I think a podcast is a great format, something that they can listen to on the boat or in the truck on the way to the Marine store. And I'm really excited to see it continue to to reach out into coastal communities and start these conversations around really important topics like sleep deprivation and nutrition. You're listening to What's Work Got to Do With It, your go-to resource in all things workplace safety, health, and well-being. This podcast series invites you into the conversation as we discuss how our workplace conditions like work hours, occupational stress, job safety, and other issues affect our lives at work and at home. We go into the science behind it all and talk about what we can do to reduce work-related risk and promote well-being. This podcast is a production of the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences and Oregon Healthy Workforce Center. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of What's Work Got to Do With It. I'm your host, Helen Shuckers. Our podcast episode will be about a podcast. We are going to be inviting the Fishing Forward podcast team to speak more about their efforts in terms of improving safety, health, and well-being in commercial fishing. So their podcast is inspired by fishermen, so telling the stories of fishermen, and their podcast focuses on the safety, health, and well-being of the commercial fishing industry and is funded by the Northeast Center for Occupational Health and Safety and produced by the team at Coastal Roots Radio at the University of Guelph. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in. I'm going to be introducing the Fishing Forward podcast team first, and then we're going to go into the interview. So I really hope you enjoy the podcast today, and we'll definitely catch you at the other side of the episode. Dr. Julie Sorensen is the director of the Northeast Center for Occupational Health and Safety, Agriculture, Forestry, and Fishing. Dr. Sorensen was responsible for funding the podcast and assisted with identifying content experts for a number of episodes, as well as reviewing and providing feedback on content. Rebecca Weil is the Commercial Fishing Research Coordinator at the Northeast Center for Occupational Health and Safety. Along with Mary Ellen Driscoll, Weil co-led the meetings in outreach for the Fishing Forward team, assisting with identifying topics, fishermen, and researchers for the episode. Monique Coombs is the Director of Community Programs at the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. Monique's programs include topics like working waterfront and fisherman wellness. She is also part of a commercial fishing family. Dr. Hannah Harrison is a human ecologist and assistant professor of marine affairs at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She is one of the hosts for the Fishing Forward podcast, and she's interested in the human dimensions of small-scale fisheries and fisheries conservation. You can connect with her further on social media platforms at Fish People Place. We are very excited to have the Fishing Four team today here on What's Work Got to Do With It. It is such a great name and I'm excited to dive right in, no pun intended. I wanted to start off by um, introducing the Fishing Four team and getting to know them a little better. So I would love to hear more about yourselves, your role on the podcast. And I know podcasting is not your full-time job, so we always know that it's a lot of hard work. Well, thank you so much for having us here today. It's a pleasure to join you and talk about the Fishing Forward podcast. My name is Hannah Harrison. I'm an assistant professor at Dalhousie University here in Nova Scotia, Canada. And the Fishing Forward podcast is actually one of several podcasts that the Coastal Roots radio team has done. And that's that team is made up of myself and uh, Philip Loring, who's an associate professor at the University of Guelph. And I'll hand it over to our 
teammates at the Northeast Center for Occupational Health and Safety here in a moment to talk about where the podcast came from, because this was really their brainchild. Uh, but it's been such a pleasure for us to work on it. Um, both Phil and myself are human dimensions researchers. Phil really works a lot with food systems and sustainability, and I tend to focus a lot on fisheries and fisheries-specific issues. And I always tell people I work more with the fishermen than I do with the fish. <laughs> and Fishing Forward has really been this interesting way to look into the livelihoods of fishing and more of the human cost of seafood production. I think we often consider commercial fishing to be a very risky occupation. Uh, we know that seafood comes from the sea. I think we sometimes think of commercial fishing as a really risky occupation. And while we love our seafood and we think a lot about fish stocks and sustainability, we don't always consider the, the human cost of that. What does it take for people to go and bring us those really uh, nutritious and, and high protein seafood resources? So this podcast dives really into that cost and into that side of things. And, and not just, I think, to the risks, but also the joys of being a commercial fisherman. Before I hand it to Julie, I wanna note that we say fishermen, and that was a choice that we made as a team because we really wanted to use the same words that a lot of our listeners would be using for themselves. So this podcast is really focused toward the commercial fish harvesters. Um, and most of them, I think, are using the word fisherman, but we mean it to be gender inclusive. Many women use this term, but we acknowledge that some groups, some communities do prefer to use the word fisher. And so this, the use of fisherman is a bit of an editorial choice here. Great. Thanks so much, Anna. Appreciate hearing the history of how Fishing Forward started, as well as what the goal is of the podcast. So my name is Julie Sorensen. I'm the director of the Northeast Center for Occupational Health and Safety, Agriculture, Forestry, and Fishing. And I'm here with my colleague, Rebecca Weil, who is a coordinator on this project. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about why we had wanted to start the podcast. And really the primary reason is to showcase late breaking research and solutions that fishermen could use to support their peak performance. So like professional athletes, fishermen need their bodies to work efficiently and reliably, which means they have to think about maintaining optimal health for the long haul. And that's really why we chose to develop each episode around this concept of the industrial athlete, because, uh, and it's a term our colleagues from Oregon State University had coined in relation to the highly demanding physical labor that's required to be a successful fisherman. The idea for the podcast actually came as we were conducting a study to look at fishermen's sleep schedules and the impact of sleep deprivation on their overall health. And as we were conducting this study, we got questions from fishermen about, well, you know, how, you know, how can I sleep better? Or how should I caffeinate appropriately? Or what kind of diet should I be eating on the boat? And other questions around health and sleep. And I think what we learned from these conversations was that we needed to provide immediate solutions to the fishing community. Uh, a podcast would be just a great way to uh, to share information immediately that could help them stay ship shape. Beck, I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, perfectly said, Julie. And I would just add that when we started designing it, we really wanted to have the fishermen be the ones that were sharing a lot of the information. So we, we did an interesting combination where we had fishermen on most of the episodes speaking about their experiences and the challenges they faced, and also, uh, very importantly, a lot of their solutions, really so fishermen could hear from their peers what mattered and what questions were being raised and what might be some of the actually really fishery-specific solutions that might be out there. And then we combined that with some topical experts and 
the combination was to you know, bring as much relevant information as we could, as quickly as we could to people to address their concerns and really be as responsive as we could be to the things we were hearing during our research, but to have the fishermen lead the way as much as possible on what mattered the most to them. Thanks so much for that background information. And um, of course, it's a target audience that is working in very physically demanding jobs in high-risk industries. So, and I love that there are case studies involved and you get the fishermen involved in telling the stories on your podcast. And also, I would love to hear from Monique to see what her role is on the podcast as well. I'm Monique Coombs. I'm the Director of Community Programs for the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. Our mission is to restore the fisheries in the Gulf of Maine and sustain Maine's fishing communities for future generations. We're located in Brunswick, Maine, but we work with fishermen all along the coast of Maine, as well as some in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. My work at the organization revolves quite a bit around the working waterfront and fishermen wellness. The fishermen wellness program is especially important to me, both as somebody that advocates for the industry, but as a fishing family member. My husband's a commercial fisherman and I have two kids. My daughter is 17 and my son is 13 and they are both learning how to fish. They're actually out hauling their traps today. We wanted to start our fisherman wellness program many years ago, but had um, a bit of a tough time getting it started. And during the pandemic, where we were able to find a little bit of rapid response funding that initially we were like, let's make a, a brochure about mental health for fishermen. And then we realized that maybe, you know, more practically, what we could do is put that money towards paying for some fishermen to, to see therapists. And so we worked with some partners here in Maine to create a list of counselors that had immediate availability and telehealth and a little bit of knowledge about commercial fishing in the working waterfront. And if a fisherman reached out to them, they sent us the bill. Um, and this was really just to break down barriers to access for commercial fishermen to at least start um, talking with someone if that was something that they were interested in. And that really opened up the door for us to sort of build out this program. And I think it was around that time that I was talking with Julie and they were talking about the podcast and we just, MCFA just sort of got involved as a support. I think Hannah has done such an amazing job of talking with the fishermen and the experts and exploring the topics that are relevant to fishermen, but not just relevant um, they're done in such a way that's really practical. And that was something that was important for us at MCFA with the Fisherman Wellness Program as well is how do we meet fishermen where they're at in a way that is sort of understandable and accessible to them. And I think a podcast is a great format. It's something that they can listen to on the boat or in the truck on the way to the marine store. And I'm really excited to see it continue to, to reach out into coastal communities and start these conversations around really important topics like sleep deprivation and nutrition. I think that's about right, right, Julie? I think that's great. So the Northeast Center is Occupational Health and Safety Research Center. We receive funding through the National Institutes of Occupational Safety and Health to conduct research, but also develop solutions that keep workers 
healthy and safe on the job. We're not regulatory. We, we really just work with communities to try to develop solutions that they can readily adapt to the work site and then, you know, to provide technical assistance when that's uh, at all helpful. Yeah, and it's certainly important to go straight to the source and go to the community to identify needs, especially on a, an occupational health and safety standpoint. And I enjoyed hearing about the wellness initiatives that Monique's doing in her fishing community, as well as the funding that's available to do this type of work. And I know with fishermen, it's, it's certainly an occupation that I feel like we don't hear about a lot, especially in the news and media. And oftentimes you hear about other high risk industries in terms of safety and health. So it's so great that you all are bringing fishing into the forefront, uh, focusing on the workplace hazards and improving health for these workers. And I'm actually really curious. The first question on my list today was, how did the name Fishing Forward even come about? I, I love that. It, it certainly has a ring to it, and it's a very compelling name. I just wanted to learn more about how the name came about. Sure. Well, I can I can come to that one. So our group is much larger than the voices that are here on the podcast today. We have a really fantastic network of uh, different research institutes, different groups that support commercial fisheries on the ground. And we uh, kind of workshopped a few names. Um, Fishing Forward is the one that stood out here because we wanted to talk about not just the problems, but also the solutions, as Julie's already mentioned. And Fishing Forward seemed to be a way to uh, kind of intonate that we're looking into the future and finding ways to bring people forward through their fishing careers, as opposed to reflecting only back on maybe problems or challenges that they've already faced. And your podcast does a really great job of highlighting the physical and mental challenges. And I know it was mentioned earlier that there was focus on sleep health and shifts and things like that. And also speaking of, on the athleticism of these workers and the endurance that entails in commercial fishing. Could you talk more about the experiences of working in this industry? So not only is fishing the most dangerous occupation in the country, it also puts incredible amount of wear and tear on the body. And, and probably most people are working with an injury that could affect their physical performance, much like you hear from professional athletes. And the fact of the matter is that there's a constant potential for injury, either short term, so you could be struck by equipment or become entangled in equipment. I think that's something that we have commonly heard from the fishing industry is concerns about uh, being entangled in equipment or, be, or being pulled overboard. But there are also long-term and long-term injuries that can occur either through repetitive use or sleep deprivation. So, you know, if you're constantly being deprived of sleep, that can create wear and tear on your body. And I think it's rather interesting because we, in the podcast, we talk about looking at these issues through the lens of the industrial athlete. And when you think about professional athletes, they have to train, they have to prepare for a season where they, they could, like just looking at football, they could take some pretty severe blows. So they want to be at the top of their performance. And what's interesting is professional athletes have a raft of dietitians, professional trainers, doctors. Fishermen don't have that. Fishermen have, you know, all of the same uh, exposures, uh, probably more, but they just don't have a support team. So it is a very grueling work and they have to kind of figure out how to be at their peak performance on their own. 
Yeah, it's certainly a more isolating working environment when you're on these boats in the middle of the ocean and having to deal with all these different environmental hazards. And also, I'm assuming um, not too many resources in terms of the well-being side of things when you're out in these open seas. And so it's very interesting to hear all the different physical and mental challenges that these these fishermen face it's an intense profession for sure and but i wouldn't think of it as a professional athlete but i'm so glad you brought that up to give the audience kind of that insight how they have to really dig deep into their physical abilities to be able to perform their job most importantly safely and so here at the What's Work Got to Do With It team, we really love that your episodes bring both researchers and commercial fishermen together and oftentimes in the same episode. And I'm interested to learn more. And could one of you share more on your format and why is it so important in telling each of these uh, different stories from the voices of these workers? One of the things we really wanted to do in this podcast is to bring in some of the voices of experts from around the world who could talk about these key topics that have been identified by fish harvesters and fishermen that had worked with the Northeast Center previously. But we also, we understand, I think, due to our prior experience in commercial fishing, as, as well as our kind of professional research experience, that Fishermen tend to learn really well from the experiences of other fishermen. It's a it's an industry where you're still really learning how to do the job and how to do it safely from the people ahead of you. And and you see, and even we've seen in the course of this podcast, these generational shifts where people start to maybe pay a little bit more attention to some of the things that were a lower priority in, in past generations, past decades, uh, with respect to safety, health, well-being, balancing the, the cost of this livelihood with your home life. Um, so we really wanted to feature voices of, of those fishermen talking about their own experiences, sharing their own solutions. And you know, as the person, I, I do most of the interviews for this podcast, and I have found that just to be such a compelling part of making this and a big priority in how we format and how we write each episode is really wanting to feature those voices as much as we can to get to give them as much airtime as possible to, to tell that story. And I, I see our job as the research team is really to facilitate them telling the best version of that story. Yeah, it's definitely important to bring the forefront of the voices and share the stories of the community. And as researchers, I think oftentimes we're very much so stuck in the science of things, but we really need to humanize kind of the experience and almost like showing these case studies so we can make the connection of why it's important a fisherman to take care of themselves as well as, you know, not only themselves, but for the other people that they work with as well on these boats. And we are a total worker health center of excellence here at the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center. And we definitely feel like home life and work life is very much interconnected. And with these stories that we can hear, a lot of the times they are bringing in a lot of their home life into what they do because they're waking up in the morning. These early morning shifts can impact their sleep and their families and so on. So I think it's really important to share all of these different areas of uh, fishing with our communities. And I wanted to find out what your long-term vision of this podcast included in any goals and just hopes and dreams of this podcast. I know you all have started this podcast. I think it was this year, if not, maybe correct me, um, you started it last year. So it's a fairly newer podcast. So I'm interested to learn some of those long-term visions that you have for your Fishing Forward podcast. 
So we started this podcast. We released our first episodes, I believe, in late January of this year, if I recall. And I actually am, am just finishing today writing the very last episode. We'll be releasing that in August. So it's been about a year that we've all been working together in, in the initial planning process when we put together the original pitch of what this podcast might look like, the topics we might cover. And now we're getting to the point where we're about to, to wrap up and, and say goodbye. And I'll have to say I'll, I'll miss our weekly check-ins because they've been such a highlight, putting all this together and hearing everybody's feedback and um, learning about all of the different resources and networks that we have available to us within this team. It's been really remarkable. In terms of the long-term vision, one one thing I really love about the podcast format is it sort of lives forever. And we've really tried to write these podcast episodes in a way where they feel timeless. They're not necessarily tied to any immediate event. And any person could look back in a year or two years or five years from now and hear those same messages that I think would bring true in the future as they do now. So this is uh, designed to be useful now to the, to the everyday listener, but also to be a teaching tool, to be an information dissemination tool, and something that people can lean on and share uh, in the future in perpetuity. That's definitely the beauty of of media, right? It, I, I like that. It lives. It really lives forever, and people can tune in and listen into a topic that interests them. And I do like that your podcast is about just generalizing it for the fishing populations. And we always like to leave our listeners with some key takeaways and resources. So we'll definitely provide any links or resources that your team has mentioned in the podcast today in our show notes. But what are some key takeaways and resources you feel like our audience can learn more about that would benefit them in terms of learning more about the fishing industry, as well as if a fisherman was looking for additional resources to improve workplace safety and health? That's a great question. So <laughs> we can think about it and brainstorm too. And I can always. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm called to thinking about some of my favorite episodes here. So we do list resources for listeners in the show notes of each of our episodes. And some of our episodes, I think, touch much more on experiential learning. So for example, I, I think about episode five, where we talk about cooking and relationships, and it sort of is wrapping up our story arc on nutrition and hydration. But it's, it's a really wonderful uh, interview with uh, Tomi Marsh, who's a longtime fisherman and captain in Alaska. And she talks about the experiences of cooking for someone in the fishing context and how food brings fleets together. And that's, I think that's one of the takeaways that I have is, is so much about what we learn in our, about health or about well-being in fisheries has a lot to do with our relationships and the ways that fleets are our communities, that they're families within themselves. I think that plays out in, in how we hear about some of these more serious topics. So for example, we uh, have an episode about trauma and PTSD, and we have a, a short story arc about pain and um, different kinds of substance use or alcohol use disorders. And we learn about the pain pipeline and how the sometimes isolating nature of the fishing industry and fishing livelihoods can make it really difficult to seek the help that's needed and to get the support that one needs once, once somebody is struggling with pain management. So that's really a cool underlying piece of, of having made this podcast. And I think, as you know, I mentioned earlier, and I'll say again, the value of having fishermen's voices in there. Voices are very timeless and it's it blows my mind. I've worked in fisheries for 10 plus years now and it shocks me every time how you can interview a fisherman in Newfoundland and have some of those exact same challenges, hopes, opportunities, experiences come out as somebody who fishes in Southern California. 
that there's something that ties all of this together. And, and I think one of the things I've taken away from making this has very much been the nature of the relationships that fishermen have with each other, that fleets have between them, and that fishermen have with we, the consumers, through the, the, the gift, if you will, of producing seafood and, and giving their lives and, in some cases, their bodies the service of that food. I feel like there are a lot of things that we, as a community, need to kind of better understand in terms of what these fishermen go through. And I love that there's this whole unspoken community and commonalities along this profession. And I'm certainly excited to dive in deeper to learn more in each of these different episodes. And we'll, we'll definitely share the links to the podcast and even highlight some of the topic of what you cover. And lastly, this is, I think, more of a personal interest from our team, but as a research institution, we've had a lot of great challenges and it's been fun developing a podcast and we've learned a lot from the production process. So we're, we're actually curious from other researchers and people who are doing this type of work in the community, what has your podcast production experience been like? And have there been any new challenges that you've had to tackle, another pun, no pun intended, <laughs> that you had to learn along the way to bring this podcast to the surface? Yeah, this is a good question. We, and I think we get asked by other researchers a lot, you know, podcasting is so cool and it has so many great applications, but it's also a very time-consuming activity. <laughs> and, you know, when you work in and research, as both Phil and I do, you know, our full-time jobs is, is as professors at these various universities. And podcasting is, I think, considered knowledge mobilization uh, in, in today's day and age, but it is not a peer-reviewed publication. You know, there's, there's definitely trade-offs in how you're investing your time to do this really important work, but that professionally you might not see this direct outcome in terms of uh, progress or promotion, tenure, et cetera. So, I think you really have to have a firm commitment and belief in the value of doing this kind of work because it really comes through in the product. And I think when you are able to embed this kind of knowledge mobilization in the work you're already doing. So for us, you know, fishing forward is such a clear fit to working with the human dimensions of commercial fisheries, then then you are able to really tie a lot of that together. And, and it, honestly, there's a lot of research overlap. We're able to um, draw upon the research communities that we already have established in terms of inviting interviewees into the podcast. But I also see this this relationship between Coastal Roots Radio and the Northeast Center for Occupational Health and Safety and so many of our other partners in this as a really uh, wonderful outcome that, that certainly benefits all of our different activities, whether it's research, whether it's community involvement with fishing communities. That's a really kind of special outcome of this for me. With respect to the production of the podcast, Phil and I are lucky in that we took this on as a second podcast, a second series, I should say. We originally started with the Social Fishton Scene podcast, which we ran for a 22 episode uh, year or so during the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic. And that podcast focused on the impacts of COVID-19 on small scale fisheries around North America and eventually the world. Uh, and so we had really gotten a chance to cut our teeth, so to speak, on how to do podcasting in a somewhat efficient way. <laughs> and uh, it, it's worked out really well for me to sort of be the face and the voice of the podcast and to write a lot of the episodes to do uh, most of the interviewing and for Phil to, to be in the more of the production role and to uh, put together our episodes and, and hone his editing skills there. So 
Um, it's really it's it's we're lucky that we kind of came across this project and this partnership with the Northeast Center right at the right moment, and we're prepared to step into it and do this type of work. One thing I would like to add before we go is how much we appreciate all of the fishermen who have been willing to share their time and their voices on the podcast. I think some of the topics we've touched on have been really sensitive and are difficult to talk about. There's a reason that they are sometimes taboo or sometimes stigmatized. And we've just had such bravery and authenticity shared by our interview guests who've been willing to talk about those things and sometimes a very personal. And we're just really appreciative to the fishermen who've been so brave and authentic and sharing some of those things in sometimes a very personal manner. Commercial fishing for in a lot of places, it kind of floats under the radar, so to speak, because it is difficult. People don't necessarily understand the livelihood. They don't understand the industry. They don't understand the cost that's being borne by the people who, who do this work. And I'm just so grateful to the people who have made the time to sit with me on Zoom and interview. Uh, we've caught people going out to the boat, coming in from the boat um, in their car, uh, you know, trying to cook dinner for their crew in the background. There's just been so many uh, really generous people who've taken part. So special thanks to all of them. Great. Thanks so much for mentioning that. Happy to just add a couple of things. I mean, Hannah's does such a good job. I find myself sending the podcast to colleagues and others um, that are either researching or maybe someone who sends me an article. The podcast um, is such a good follow-up for people who want to learn more to, to help understand commercial fishing industry, its complexities, and how fishermen are impacted in the process, um, whether it's around regulation or climate change or, or something else. And I think that for for me personally, as a fishing family, as well as an advocate for the industry is, I think that this podcast really helps elevate the, the value and the role of fishermen in our food system. And that's a really Im important aspect. Uh, I think the podcast has done a good job of that. So, you know, just breaking down some of the barriers to access to make it easier for fishermen to get the information and then to, to carry out some of those suggestions. So for example, like you said, with the sleep deprivation, we know that just telling a fisherman to get eight hours of sleep is not necessarily the most realistic thing, but as the podcast suggests things like, you know, having a cup of coffee and a 20 minute nap or sleep shifts, I think it's tenable for fishermen to complete some of those tasks and it's just more realistic for them. You know, I think our, our challenge often as a fishing family and for fishermen as fishermen is that they don't see their job as a job at all. It's intrinsically tied to their identity. And it's such a huge part of our culture, both in our, in terms of where we live, as well as just how we go about our days and what we do. You know, the weather dictates my husband's schedule, the, you know, whatever fishery he's participating in sort of dictates his schedule. And we work together as a team to overcome whatever obstacles or scheduling is sort of thrown our way. And sometimes finding solutions for whether it's a health issue or a scheduling issue you have to get sort of creative or thoughtful about how that can 
operate within, you know, our culture and, and how we're doing things. And I think the, the fishing forward podcasts has done a really good job of sharing the stories from the fishermen in a way that's, you know, like you said, boots on the ground. And then the suggestions that are accessible for where they're at, which I think is really important. Commercial fishing, like we talked about, we often hear about things that are being impacted on the water, things that are impacting the fisheries and impacting fishermen's businesses. But I'm not sure we necessarily hear as much as we should about how some of those things impact fishermen themselves as human beings or their communities or their families. And the Fishing Forward podcast does a, a really good job of that. And I think, like I mentioned too, that's sort of one of my long-term goals and, and hopes for this podcast is just not just sharing useful tools for fishermen, but helping to educate other people that might listen about how fishermen maybe live a little bit differently than everybody else. And there are resources and things that can be done to support them and validate, you know, some of the things that they're feeling and that we can think more highly of fishermen and seafood in the food system. Well, the Fishing Forward team is certainly doing wonderful work. Um, as researchers, I think, you know, working with different partners and being able to bring to the forefront some of the um, occupational issues that we're, we're hearing from our partners and being able to feature that, I think, is a very powerful thing. And we certainly here at our institute appreciate what you all are doing and kind of focusing on this area. And I know here in the Pacific Northwest, we have a lot of different fisheries and commercial fishermen um, here as well. So we're excited to spread the podcast to our region as well. And beyond that, of course, that was a lot of great information and I could go on and on and ask more questions. I just wanted to say thank you to the Fishing Four team, Hannah, Monique, Julie, and Rebecca for coming on today. I really appreciate everyone's time and for the work that you're doing. And we look forward to following along and look forward to hearing more updates from the Fishing Four team. We wanted to thank the Fishing For podcast team for coming on our podcast episode today. We learned so much information and took away valuable resources to improve the safety, health, and well-being for commercial fishing. And whether you learned something new or you have some new takeaways to improve your workplace, especially if you're a fisherman, um, we hope this was helpful for you. And I wanted to end the podcast today by just celebrating four years of what's work got to do with it. So this last month, just at the end of September, we celebrated our fourth year of this podcast. We've produced over 31 episodes, reached over 50 countries, and and I just wanted to thank the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences and the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center for supporting our workplace through these years. Special shout out to podcast team members, Anjali Ramishbabu, Sam Greenspan, and all of our previous guests and hosts that have come on. We couldn't have done this without you. And most importantly, to our director, uh, Stephen Shea, for his support for us in allowing us to produce this podcast. And we have three episodes to wrap up the rest of the season. So we hope you tune in. And as always, thanks so much for listening. We really couldn't do it without you, the community.
Community feedback is important to us, so if you enjoy listening to what's work got to do with it, please consider leaving us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. If you want to stay updated on current research, resources, news, and community events, consider following us on our Oregon in the Workplace blog or our social media channels. You can find us on facebook.com slash on Twitter at OHSU Health, or you can find us on LinkedIn by searching Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences. 